It is October 6, 2022. The year has flown by. We are into the fall uh, here at Lawyer Talk and Common Sense Ohio. What does all that mean? Well, for those who tuned in last week uh, to the what would have normally been the Lawyer Talk Roundtable Edition, we introduced the new show uh, that is called Common Sense Ohio that will soon get its own feed, that will soon get its own podcast website, that will soon get its own identity. But for now, we're running them on both, both platforms. So you loyal Lawyer Talk listeners don't have to go to two places for now. Uh, soon you'll be able to go right over to the Common Sense Ohio feed where you will be able to download, tune in, stream, whatever you do with your podcast, you'll be able to get it at Google, get it at Apple, get it at uh, Pick Your Poison. Uh, I, I should know more platforms, but I don't. Uh, anyway, uh, for now, if you got questions, topics, things you want to cover with us or want us to cover for you, rather, uh, you go to LawyerTalkPodcast.com and we will... Um, uh, we'll answer your questions. And I still do the lawyer talk Q&A. I still do the lawyer talk breakdown. Maybe not as often as everybody would like, but as often as I can. I promise I have a uh, busy schedule. But uh, without further ado, we're going to introduce the players here at Common Sense Ohio. We've got Brett over at the round table from Circle 270 Media. And we've got Norm tuning in uh, remotely using the high-tech studio uh, facilities here to, uh, uh, to come in over the airwaves. Uh, Norm, where are you? Well, I'm at uh, Virginia International Raceway uh, down here to uh, vlog my uh, poor little uh, race car in uh, the historic races here. Um, it's uh, a once-a-year event here at uh, VIR, and um, it should be fantastic. Sunny day, blue sky, and they're already out there on track, um, you know, doing a practice day. Uh, I've been here before. So I'm skipping practice in order to join my fellow co-hosts on uh, Common Sense Ohio instead of racing today. Well, don't let our heads get too big. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. Thanks. Well, you know, the sure. show the it, show must go the on. The show must go on. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Priorities. <laughs> Indeed. And, and uh, so, Brett, we got we got Brett over at the roundtable from Circle 270 Media. So he's your podcast guru. If you want a podcast, if you want to be as cool as we are, it's really easy. All you have to do is call up Brett at Circle270Media.com. Or what's your what's yeah, the best perfect, way to do it? Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. That's, yeah. that's the perfect address. Love and, it. And if you were to stumble onto Channel511.com, you would also, uh, we could get you in touch with Brett that way. He does our podcast production. He can do yours, too. Uh, so the, those who followed last week know what the round, what common sense Ohio is going to be all about. It's about common sense. It's about, uh, coming at the country from right in the middle. That means that we're not going to, we're not going to accept any nonsense. We're not going to just swallow the BS that, uh, the politicians are delivering to us uh, day in and day out. And I don't I frankly, don't care what side of the aisle they come from. Um, they all have an agenda. We don't. Our agenda is actually, I, I, sh- I lied. We do have an agenda. It is common sense. We want to take a common sense uh, viewpoint on everything. And when we know, we will tell you. This is what I tell my clients upstairs, too. So you're getting a little bit of insight. When we know, we will tell you. When we don't know, we will tell you that, too. Um, when, uh, when it's good, we will tell you when it's bad, we will tell you when it's in the middle, we will tell you that, uh, in other words, we're always going to try to be honest intellectually, honest philosophically, and, uh, honest factually with, uh, with everything we talk about here. And that means that we might sometimes get it wrong. That means, that means, uh, we're, we're going to be open to correction, uh, open to comment, open to debate and argument. Unlike uh, a lot of things going on these days in the world. Uh, we encourage a free debate over almost any topic. I, I really, I really mean that. Um, it, it matters to me, and I think it does to all of us here at the roundtable in Common Sense Ohio. So, so uh, without further ado, uh, there is, there is a lot going on here, uh, not only in Ohio but elsewhere. Uh, Norm, you're in Virginia. Are you allowed to talk about Ohio when you're in Virginia? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, one of the things that um, we really broke on our show. Uh, we were the first uh, uh, media outlet to have this story. was about uh, Frank LaRose, Ohio's Secretary of State, uh, creating, proposing to create an investigative unit on election integrity. And he announced that to the rest of the media yesterday. So we knew about that for a couple of months, and we, um, we discussed it on our show. <clears throat> So what that is involving, apparently, Frank, uh, Secretary of State does not believe 
um, apparently that he that he has the budget uh, to create uh, half a dozen investigators. But he did say he wants to at least kick it off with uh, two. Now, you know, it's a little disappointing to me personally that, you know, the state of Ohio, seventh largest population, um, with what we suspect um, possibly went down in our state with uh, election integrity um, and campaign finance and a number of other issues surrounding the election, We'll never know. There wasn't an investigation, uh, not even the, the private investigation by True the Vote that they did in other states. They did not do in Ohio. So, you know, the, that cake is baked. Uh, the 2020 election, uh, the forensics are just not there. Uh, Frank uh, LaRose told us when you separate the envelope from the ballot on a, um, on a mail-in ballot, then that breaks the uh, ability to go back and ascertain whether that was a legitimate vote or not. So those are some of the problems, and they occurred all over the country, not just in Ohio. Uh, Was it enough to turn the election? Again, we'll never know. Uh, Could it have? Yes, it could have, mathematically, but we'll we'll never know if it did. And so uh, he proposed yesterday, it's in the AP, it's it's out there uh, in the media. He proposed uh, creating this investigative unit uh, full-time to look into election issues for the Secretary of State's office. Uh, predictably enough, the Ohio Democratic Party spokesman called it a stunt and said it was, uh, you know, a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. That's, you know, that's the line. Anybody questions uh, or wants information about an election now is uh, appended the derogatory name of election denier, which I, I find kind of funny. So I, I guess NASA scientists going to the moon, if they had doubts about the success of the Apollo 11 mission and, and they wanted to look into it further, I guess they were launch deniers. So, you know, to me, it's just an unscientific approach. To, to tell people that they're a denier if all they want to do is look into an issue and make sure it's legitimate. But that's, that's the Democratic Party's position. The Ohio League of Women Voters, on the other hand, said it's a good idea and they're behind it. So I'm with the League of Women Voters. I think it's a great idea. I don't think it's big enough, but uh, bully, bully for Frank LaRose. Well, it's got to start somewhere, Norm. I agree. You know, whether there was piddling around with the election or not, we have got to bring back that everybody trusts the system. We have to. And and if this is the first step to do it, whether it be damned or not, we've got to bring it back to where people trust. And they they are not going to avoid going to vote because they don't think their vote's going to count or it's going to get stolen or whatever. It has to stop. And if this is a, a good first step to do it, then let's do it. Yeah. Now, let me let's get some common sense on this problem, because uh, first of all, Norm, you're right, is that uh, Frank came in here, Frank LaRose came in here and, and we he was uh, all about doing this. And I think it's a great idea. Um, and, and honestly, it doesn't make any difference to me who is accusing who is it who or whom whoever's accusing whoever. Uh, it doesn't matter to me. I don't care if the Dems are accusing the Republicans of cheating and stealing. I don't care if the Republicans are carrying the Dems of cheating and stealing. I think we can all at least say we want to make sure that our elections are fair. We want to make sure that your vote is counted, that your vote is not counted twice, and that people aren't cheating, that people aren't doing things that would cause us, to, like, like you said, Brett, to, to lose confidence in the outcome of an election such that you just say, you know what, screw it. This is just Venezuela all over again. We don't need Or, or it's Brazil. Brazil's Brazil, going through the yeah. exam right now. Exactly. And, and the problem, though, I see. Here, here's the problem. And, and this is maybe a problem that's broader. So we're going to jump off using Ohio again as a common sense way to jump off and, and look at the, the bigger picture issues is that I, I feel like there's this there's this vein in our country, particularly at the federal level, where law enforcement investigative agencies, particularly, you know, the FBI or Department of Justice, doesn't it, it seems to be getting politicized. So if what I'm afraid of, Norm, is that these investigators are working for an elected official and they become politicized against the other party. Now, I don't know the solution to that. I really don't, because you would like to think that there are some things that are untouchable, some things that 
would never be done. But you know, when when one party is going to use a an investigative body against the other, uh, then it's just this slippery slope to hell. You never get out of it. You know, it's always this. Well, they're using it for um, their own gain, uh, so now we can't trust the investigators because the investigators are partisan. So however Frank does yeah. it, we have to make sure that we avoid that problem. And it may not be avoided. You know, I, I'd like to think that the, you know, maybe look at it this way. The local sheriff always has, like when you think of the old-fashioned sheriff down south, like the old boss hog uh, in charge of Roscoe P. Coltrane, you know, it was corrupt. Uh, so, and then you would like to think that when, um, when justice comes to town, it's, it's, it's not influenced politically speaking. It's, it's um, not partisan and it's neutral, and you can trust it. So I hope that's where this is. Now, I, you know, people people hate it when I say things like we need to bring private investigators into this and have them look into it. I think that should be encouraged across the board. I'm not saying the government should fund it, but the private uh, uh, private organizations, either with or without an agenda, need to dig into these things. I don't care how partisan they are, because at least when they're at least when it's private, they you can expose the partisanship. And uh, in the other side, can get their own partisanship, and then we, the people, get to figure it out. Yeah. So that that that's my take on well, it. And you know, the elections are right around the corner, so keep your fingers crossed. Well, in, in Ohio, part of the solution, part part of what addresses uh, a little bit of what you said, is that Ohio has an inspector general that is nonpartisan, and that has a pretty good track record of going after both parties including senior leadership. Uh, it was an Ohio inspector general that brought down Stanley Aronoff, a Republican uh, leader of the Senate. Uh, it was the Ohio inspector general that also brought down Vern Rice, uh, the legendary Speaker of the House in Ohio, Democrat uh, from the uh, Marietta area, I believe it was, or Athens area, and uh, ended his career. So pretty even-handed, has a good track record, on uh, public integrity uh, when it comes to um, investigating elected officials. My, my concern, Steve, is a little different, uh, or I, I would say um, maybe it's a twist on your concern. My concern is a lot of these uh, reactions, um, and, and we saw this during 9-11, uh, you know, taking off your belt and removing your shoes and some of this stuff, some of these uh, law enforcement efforts, and I, I'm concerned, you know, that Frank uh, LaRose launches this directly, and I have confidence he will, but I'm concerned some of this is done as theater. Um, you know, Brett rightly mentions that, you know, the, the voters need to have confidence, but you don't create confidence, uh, not real confidence, by, you know, creating a, a, the name on a, on a door you know, Ohio integrity investigator, screw it to the door. The guy sits there. He's got a phone book and a, you know, and a, it, it, on his desk and a, and a cell phone. And he, and he sits there for 40 hours a week waiting for incoming calls. And then they can wave the flag with a bloody red shirt and say, hey, we're, we're protecting elections. You know, we have this full-time guy. Um, no. It's got to be somebody who's got fire in the belly to go out and find, you know, the hidden uh, corruption uh, to dig into things that are real and and to bring those cases uh, to the bar. So I just hope that it's real. I, 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 you know, we don't need another program to lull the public into a false sense of security. No, that, I, that's my concern. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I feel pretty confident from – your guys's interview i wasn't part of that roundtable that at, on that on that wednesday with with him with frank but i think he's setting the table that i think it's going to go that direction you're just talking well it's not going to but it's going to it he was talking grassroots feet on the ground going to every election board in 88 counties and figuring out what's going on he was ta- he he was laying the groundwork in that interview and i'm real confident if he can do what he says in that interview he had with you two he should be in pretty good shape, and I, and I think you're right. There has to be some accountability. There has to be some reporting on a consistent basis on what's going on in that department. That it's not just a guy with a cell phone with a you know a door labeled "Hey, come in to see me." It's he's never there. He's out in 88 counties figuring stuff out. Yeah, you you would hope so. And then you know, 
It's interesting. The other thing we haven't kicked around yet is the accusation that this is something, you know, we, we, it, it, it's a, trying to fix a problem that doesn't exist, which I find to be complete, utter horse manure because it is always a potential problem, even if it is not an actual problem. Right. And, you know, this is like saying you don't need police because there's no crime. Um, you, you know, right. one of the, one of the purposes of something like this is a deterrent. You, you, you want transparency. I want to know, damn it, that, that the voting, mm-hmm. the election is, is legit. I want to know it and I, I want to sleep at night right. knowing it. Yeah. And, you know, there's always going right. to be some margin of error in it, but geez, I mean, anybody who watched the mules or the 10,000, whatever it was, mm-hmm. mules, anybody who has heard some of the allegations, take it or leave it, believe it or not. But if you don't want that, if it's not true and you don't want those kind of allegations, then you need transparency and you need a you need to have some way to ensure it. Um, if it is happening, if it is cheating, then we need to have some way to enforce the rules and stop it. Either way, we need to make sure that voting and elections are legit. Yeah. But you guys want to talk a little bit about the, uh, the Vance uh, uh, Tim Ryan race? for Ohio Senate. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's interesting because here at Common Sense Ohio, we actually uh you know, my my take on this is I don't want to I'm not going to just pick candidates based on picking candidates, but I think it's it's a fair conversation to uh to discuss what's going on because there's been some mudslinging in there. Oh yeah. Well, one of the things that um that came out uh, again, this uh this is a pretty recent um, and I don't know if it was Vance's people that dropped the dime, but uh, AP News has uh, an item that uh, Tim Ryan, who has been casting aspersions on this uh, charity that J.D. Vance started uh, regarding opioid addiction, and that you know the charity, according to Ryan, the charity really didn't come together, really, uh, in his opinion, hasn't done enough, and that's the accusation. <clears throat> that um, Ryan himself has been taking donations from uh, the opioid distribution companies, the same companies that settled with, um, you know, the um, the consortium of, of uh, attorney generals and the Native American nations for $21 billion um, this year, uh, you know, settled, settled claims about distributing opioid uh, uh, medicines in a sloppy, irresponsible way, those same companies have donated to Tim Ryan's uh, campaign a small amount, 27000 bucks. But once again, you know, if you're in a glass house, you, you really can't lob, you know, rocks. And, and uh, you know, if you're going to take money from Cardinal Health or McKesson or, or whoever it is, I don't know that you're in a, um, you know, you're in a position to tell somebody else they're not doing enough on opioids. So, you know, that, that little nuance came out uh, yesterday in the AP. Um, Peter Thiel, in other news, Peter Thiel, uh, one of uh, Vance's uh, uh, financial backers for the election, has switched his focus from Ohio, feeling that Vance has this in the bag. Uh, we're four weeks out, roughly, and, and, and Peter Thiel has concluded that Vance is going to win this and is transferring his funding uh, to the state of Arizona. So uh, he's focusing on that race out there against, uh, I guess it's Mark Kelly, uh, the incumbent. So that's interesting. Yeah, I look, I look at that as that might be a bit risky. I wonder if that's a bit risky. Yeah. I, mean, I, I that, you know, I don't care if the polls are swaying yeah. one way or the other. That, that to me just looks like a... It ain't I don't over know till it's over, right? I mean, it's I, it, just, it's, it's, ex- exactly. It ain't over till it's over, uh, you know, and, and just yeah. doing that. And all of a sudden you see welcome pack coming out and bringing out former Republicans, you know, pushing for Tim Ryan, which is perfectly fine. I mean, that's their point of view and such, but it just, I talk about uh, stoking the fire for the Democrats, which again, it is what it is, but it's interesting. Right. The money pulled out. That's real interesting. Yeah. They're looking past it. Just, it's a classic blunder. It just seems I like it's a it just, classic. It blunder. just seems that way. Yeah. Like yeah. You, you got to, you got to keep your foot on the gas pedal all the way to the end. And then, so what is the deal with Arizona then? Why is Arizona so much more important than Vance's run? Well, and, and, you know, yeah, what's really going on behind the scenes. Right. And, you know, and quickly, Norm, back to your comments, you know, this kind of ticky-tack uh, 
politicizing, or maybe that's not the right word, this t- ticky-tack uh, mudslinging yeah. about this or that or the other, uh, when, when you get to the heart of it, it really doesn't matter. I mean, it's like, <laughs> what is Tim Ryan doing accusing? I mean, unless there's something obvious, unless Vance is actually stealing money or unless Vance is actually doing something nefarious or unlawful or even borderline unlawful, it's just stupid to say his charity's not doing enough. At the same time, he's taking stuff. Like you said, the glass houses uh, analogy is a perfect one. But I think it's also fair to say, it's also probably appropriate to point out, is that taking twenty-seven grand from an opioid company, he probably doesn't even know that it happened. I mean, he probably doesn't even have a... Exactly. He probably doesn't even know that he that uh, his campaign did it. These things get so blown out of proportion in so many ways. Now, I don't, I, I'm not giving him a pass for that because shame on him for bringing up the stupid allegation in the first place. And then it got, you know, it, it got rammed up his backside and broken off, so to speak. But it's like, uh, you know, you can't, uh, you can't have it both ways. You better, you better be sure. And I think the bigger, you know, my, my bigger point here is that, you know, let's focus on the issues that matter, not, not what he's doing with some charity that, to try to help. Um, and I think, I think, you know, you can say what you want about Vance if you don't like him, but is it really, do you really think that he's just created a charity to help opiate addictions as a shill to make more money? I mean, maybe, maybe he's getting some money or maybe he's getting a benefit out of it. Maybe he's just getting some publicity out of it so he can run for his office. But is the charity doing good? And if so, who cares? You right. know, that, that's what the idea of charities are. Yeah. It always feels like in this, in this five to six weeks running up to an election that it's every day, let's throw crap out there. Yeah, it, it just yeah. enough, just enough to make you think, but we don't have enough time to research it. There's an inkling of truth, just an inkling or a smell. There's a smell to it, but we got to do it because it's five weeks up, and we got to make people rethink, yep. rethink, and, right. and you know, and 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 it gets old because it's junk. Yeah, it's junk. Yeah, the the, the, cl- the classic was uh, uh, a week. I think it was a week before the election for. Uh, George W. Bush uh, versus Al Gore, uh, that one of the uh, one of the newspapers dug out the fact that uh, uh, Bush had gotten a DUI and, you know, had gotten a DUI like when he was in the military, like 30 years prior. And you're like, what does that have to do with anything 30 years later? Right. Exactly. Yeah. But it's the kind it's the kind of dirt, you know, that they dig up and it's it's supposed to make you think that, you know, his character is terrible. And, and, and I'm not talking about Bush's policies, which, you know, we can get into all that. that that's not the point. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those last-minute gotcha things that's kind of completely irrelevant. And, um, yeah, so Tim Ryan, um, the AP article said he's taken in over his career $50 million from various PACs and donors and this is this represents twenty seven thousand of that fifty million. So you know, I would, I obviously fifty million is a pretty shocking number to me, you know, for a, a congressman. But um, you know, I guess these uh, campaigns are mega expensive anymore, and uh, yep. yeah, it's uh, it's it just shows you the amount of money in politics. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I guess uh, the big picture here is let's focus on the issues that matter. And this ticky tack stuff at the last minute, like you're saying, Brett, uh, you know, I try a lot of cases in front of jurors and juries. And, you know, there's this idea that when you throw that kind of red herring crap out there, it's very, very obvious. You know, it's almost so obvious to us, uh, the the voters, that you disregard it. it, And in fact, maybe it backfires. Maybe I look at Tim Ryan and say, you know, Shame on you for for playing yeah. this game. Shame on you for this little sleight of hand, for this little last minute red herring that you're throwing out there. If it, if there's something there, then run with it. If there's not, just you know whatever, let it be. Yeah. Focus on the issues. I think it backfires, on, and both sides do it. You know, oh, yeah. like Bush's OVI yeah. or Bush's drunk driving case. Sometime in when he was yeah. in the military, it's like who cares? It, it's yeah. like let it go. Now if he yeah. had if he had one last week. And the That's election is next week. A yeah. much different scenario. It's a different scenario. Use some discretion here right. because you would yeah. think that now. I, I, I do you just defer to the experts? I mean, I assume they have campaign people that that are uh, that are in tune with this. Like, do this; it'll work. Um, but it's, maybe they need a little bit of common sense, Ohio, behind them to say, "Hey, look, uh, it's not going to work." Right. You know, don't be fooled well, by this nonsense. Yeah. Well, the the amazing thing about bringing that up from a politically, you know, uh, strategic point of view, is that it it goes right to the sentimental, you know, riveting, um, heartbreaking story 
of the Vance family because you're, you're talking about the very thing that destroyed his mother's life, that she struggled with her entire life, that caused him to, you know, run to his grandparents for guidance, uh, broke their home, you know, several times. Uh, he'd come home, she'd, she'd rebound, you know, back on drugs. He'd have to leave home again. You know, the entire book, Hillbilly Elegy, and the movie, Hillbilly Elegy, is all about her struggle with opioids and how that affected him as a child. And, and then, you know, to try to bring that up uh, and make some hay out of it politically, um, that he hasn't done enough to combat opioids, is, is, is going right to the strength of his story. It's kind of dumb. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, you're right. It's, it's it's kind of a there may be some things that's just kind of taboo. Just leave that one alone. There got to be other things yeah. to talk about. Yeah, if and if there, if there are not other things to talk about, then there's other there's bigger issues there, because clearly there's other right, things to talk about. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, did, exactly. did you did you guys see the uh, you know just to mention Yale Law School graduates? You know, I'd love to ask JD this. Uh, I really would, but the, uh, a um, a Trump appointee on the Fifth Circuit. Uh, U.S. Fifth Circuit down in uh, New Orleans um, made a, some comments at a legal uh, symposium that uh, Yale Law School is so unhinged, so off the hook, uh, so political, so you know bent on a certain philosophy that he will not hire any law clerks uh, for the Fifth Circuit for him from Yale Law School. Huh. <laughs> Uh, and I just, I thought, man, that's a good start. You know, uh, how about how about some uh, graduates uh, from the University of Cincinnati or, uh, uh, you know, from uh, from Central Ohio, from you know Ohio State or, you know, what, our law schools up here. Uh, you know, what? Why not common sense? Uh, uh, you know, staffers from the middle part of the country. Why is it always Harvard and Yale and Princeton? So, holy uh, yeah. bully for him. Well, let's... I like the sentiment. Go ahead, Norm. I like the sentiment, you know, uh, J.D. having gone to Yale Law School I'd, and his wife, I'd love to hear what their reaction is to that. Yeah. Well, look, let's. Uh, we've <laughs> talked about some ballot stuffing. I want to talk about some fish stuffing. <laughs> I got that, too. <laughs> you know, anybody who likes to fish, and I get it. What's commonsensical about this? Why? Who knows? It's fun, though. Yeah. Um, so these guys go up to the Lake Erie Fishing Tournament. Um, and you know, anybody who likes to catch walleye, Lake Erie in the fall, you get those big monsters. And, uh, and a lot of times there's a, I, I know there's different charter boat captain tournaments and different, uh, different fishing tournaments up on Lake Erie. Well, it turns out these guys, Norm, they go up there and they stuff their fish. They get the, they catch their walleye and they, they stuff them full of, uh, things to make them heavier and they get weighed in and they get caught. Um, and you know, this is a huge controversy. I, it's funny cause I was just up in a, in a, uh, salmon tournament up in, uh, up on Lake Ontario with my buddy. And, uh, it, it's, it's an enormous, um, you know, there's a huge prize for some of these things and yeah. up there, yeah. um, you, if you catch a big salmon in, uh, I think it's called the lots of tournament or something like that. If you catch a big salmon, you got to get, you got to go, you got to pull your, your gear and head in and get it weighed pronto because they, they start to lighten up the longer they sit in the cooler. And, uh, so it's a, it's a huge deal. Uh, and these guys just got caught red handed. I guess their fish were not as big as the others. And somebody's like, wait a minute, I got bigger <laughs> fish than you've got. Um, so you would say, what's the, what happens? I mean, there's crimes there. I mean, that's a, that's a fraud. It's an attempted, uh, I'm sure there's, I, I'd have to look it up. I'm sure there's some sort of a contest fraud or something that's going on. In their own rules per se. And, well, and civilly yeah. speaking, for sure, sure, they're going to be barred and banned forever and, yep. uh, and vanquished. So if you don't think that we need police to investigate uh, potential election fraud, and it happens at the lowest of levels like fishing, then uh, I use some common sense here, folks, because if, if it, and maybe here's the bigger here's the bigger story, or the bigger picture rather, is that all humans are flawed. We are all flawed. We are all inherently flawed. We are all capable of doing horrible things. And anybody who says they've never done anything horrible, never <clears throat> thought anything horrible, never uh, tried to do something uh, horrible, well, you're just full. Of, you're, you're just feeding yourself a bunch of nonsense. If you took took a pack of gum as a kid, maybe, or you. Um, Maybe uh, maybe you kept a little more on a deal than you should have kept on a deal, and and you just you got sucked in. Everybody 
is subject to human flaw. There's only been one that hasn't. Only one, right? Only one. And if you think you're as good as that one, then, uh, well, judgment day will come sooner or later. <laughs> exactly. And, you, and you, you'll be judged by standards that you cannot meet. <laughs> That you cannot meet. So even Steve can't you defend you in that one. Uh, no, no, no. I'll be standing there next to him. But uh, well, you know, in the in the world of sports, so you're talking to a guy that's sitting here uh, in his uh, in his uh, RV uh, with a race car hitched to it. Um, in the world of sports, whether it's uh, Lance Armstrong or whether it's a pitcher throwing a spitball uh, in baseball or or uh, the fishing thing, or, you know, a hundred other examples, uh, cheating uh, kind of, you know, amongst, amongst people that are at the top of the game, and, and we saw this with the Lance Armstrong scandal, the doping scandal, they were all doing it. I mean, you know, and in NASCAR, the cheating, uh, you know, uh, is, is, is up and down pit lane. And it's a matter of whether or not you get caught. And it seems to it seems to me that a lot of people's ethics isn't whether or not they do something right or wrong, but it comes down to how clever they are for them. And of course, I, I'm repulsed by that. It, it it makes me sick that that there are people like that. I I would have a hard time getting up on a podium. I really would. And I, you guys might roll your eyes because you know me, but I would I would feel somewhat. Uh, uh, you know, sick to my stomach if I got up on a podium and I had, I don't know, 100 uh, more cubic inches of displacement than I should have for the class that I'm running my race car in, and I get first place knowing, you know, instead of a, two, a 300 uh, or 200 cubic inch engine, I've got a 300 cubic inch, and nobody else had a prayer of beating me. Now, you know, what kind of victory is that? How, I don't know how you look yourself in the mirror. I well, really don't. Well, let's yeah. talk about how it happens then, because this is a, this is a fascinating topic for me. And we, I've talked about Ordinary Men, the book uh, on uh, how ordinary Germans in World War II got sort of sucked into this, um, uh, into the Holocaust, literally. And, you know, they were just ordinary people. So, you know, it's fascinating to me because you have, you know, maybe people are just motivated. I think there's some people who on the fringes just have no conscience. They don't care. You know, to, to them, it's just the narcissistic reward of attention and that's it. And they don't even see that they're doing anything wrong because uh, they're, they're psychologically incapable. I think that's a rare bird. I think most people are not like that. And then you have this notion that everybody's doing it. So I'm going to do it too. It was like the steroids in baseball back with Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire. And when those guys, you know, you look at them and it's like, yeah, no crap here. These guys two years ago were skinny little normal looking dudes. And now McGuire's got forearms the size of my legs. You know, it's like, how does that happen? You know, and, and we all look the other way because it was fun to watch. And they were just like, well, everybody's doing it. So I'm going to do it too. And that somehow makes it okay. And then you have, I think, an, an even more dangerous motivator that, that is, um, it probably couples with that second one. And that is a cause. So if you, if you add a cause, say uh if if you say look trump is so bad that no matter what we do he's got to leave office and then you get the everybody's doing it combined with that now you have fascism now you have this like takeover where anything any means will justify the end because the cause is so important and i'm seeing this now we're all seeing this now in things like climate change or things like um uh, they they want to destroy democracy. They they have these huge huge causes that they throw out there, and they try to and they will justify doing anything in order to fix the the cause. And I remember uh, a law professor I heard interviewed, and I've told this story before. I'm going to tell it again because it, it really struck me as as significant. Um, it, where he said, "Look, we we have to pack the court, for instance, uh, or we have to get rid of the filibuster, for instance, because if we don't, if we don't." We're not going to be able to solve things like um, structural racism. We're not going to be able to solve things like climate change. We're not going to be able to solve um, uh, violent gun violence. And, you know, implicit in what he was saying is that it was not said out loud is that he is able to solve those things. Because even if they exist, even if you believe they exist, how on earth is giving one side plenary power going to actually solve it? He didn't say how. They would be able to solve those things if he had all the power. 
it was implicit in what he was saying as if it was a foregone conclusion. And that's what happens when you put causes out there as motivators for what would otherwise be a moral behavior. And, and then you would have to ask, well, how do we, what, what's the check on that? Well, I think our founders knew that the check on that was you need, you need, you need freedom of debate and expression and a check and balance on power. So the executive branch doesn't have full power to do the things that Congress should do. And Congress has to be uh, checked by not only the executive branch, but also the judicial branch. And, you know, then you can keep it all in check. Is it perfect? No, but at least it's a line, maybe a, maybe a curved road, but it's at least generally going in the right direction. It's like when you're driving on a country road and you look down, it's like, wait a minute, I thought it was heading south. And for a minute, you're heading east. But then 10 minutes later, there's another big turn around a cornfield. Now you're heading south again. You know, it's not perfect, but it's at least going in the right direction. Whereas without a check on the power, um, I think individual morality uh, fails. I mean, people are willing to do whatever they can do, either for the narcissistic reward of being on the podium like you, Norm. I know you cheat. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, even for the narcissistic reward of hitting the most home runs um, and getting the most money or getting the most power, or getting the most influence, or even if you've got this altruistic notion that you, even though nobody else in the world ever has been able to solve these huge global problems, you'll be able to do it only if you had the power to do so. Um, you know, yeah. it, it's like, again, that human nature aspect of it can take over and it's capable of doing really horrible things in the name of that kind of cause. Just go study history, Stalin, Hitler, mm-hmm. Mussolini. Just in, and, and, and folks, that's not that long ago. Right. I mean, it's like our grandfathers well, dealt with that. Well, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> let, me, <clears throat> let me kind of turn that back to Ohio specific here. We have some examples, and I think COVID, uh, the you know, politicians and the elected, you know, uh, the, the, man, I'm, I'm real close to calling them dictators, but the elected officials, uh, even at the state level, kind of, kind of have exceeded in many ways their, their brief, you know, under the Constitution, both the state and the federal. And it seems to me that there is this, patriarchal attitude, I guess that's the nicest way to put it, or dictatorial attitude, which would be the little bit more uh, accusatory uh, type of description, uh, that, that has, kind of, um, has kind of washed over these officials. They, they seem now to have this idea that in the name of an emergency or in the name of uh, we know better, uh, that they can just implement policies or not tell people things. Um, yeah, I, there was an item recently uh, came out that the Cincinnati Waterworks uh, lost power for a half a day and uh, could not supply water to the city of Cincinnati, had to buy water, had to get water from another source. Now, that happened back in May. Uh, it's now October, and nobody until now has told the public that that happened. Um, so what if what if uh, a terrorist had put some kind of pathogen in the water, or what if um, what if there was a bomb threat uh, against the water plant? I, I just wonder, you know, like at what level does a public official feel? that they owe the public an announcement or to fill them in on what the hell's going on with the public infrastructure. And, you know, an example in central Ohio where, where I live is the Intel project. Nothing against Intel, nothing against making chips in Ohio. But again, the public had absolutely no input into whether or not that plant would be sited where it is going to be built, where it is being built right now in real time. And I just, I worry about the governor. I worry about, I worry about our local officials. I worry about our municipal uh, agencies and our county agencies. We're coming after COVID. They've got this idea now because, you know, it was being done for two years. Let's shut down the economy. Let's tell people children they can't come to school let's dictate that people wear masks you know 
one one week Fauci says the masks don't work. Then he says they do work. Then he says wear three of them. Then he says, nah, it's, it, we just did that to make the public feel better the whole time. You, you really didn't need one. It's, it's just a dizzying array of these kind of um, top-down, we're going to tell you how to live your life kind of things. And then they deny us the information like we're children. And uh, whether it's the waterworks in Cincinnati or whether it's uh, the governor's office putting intel in the middle of a soybean field in uh, western Licking County, it's the same kind of attitude. It's like, well, we, we know better than you, and you don't get to have a say-so. We're just going to do what we got to do or what we think is smart, and uh, the hell with uh, your opinion. Yeah. And I, you I, know, I, I agree. I'm kind I, of uh, – yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think um, – we're going to start to see the backlash in in voices like what we're doing here with Common Sense Ohio. I mean, luckily, this is not going to last a tremendous amount of time. We, we have great opportunities to push back on these things that are happening. We're seeing the, you know, we, we, luckily, it's a bit more, tra- it, it's, it's okay, the stuff's happened, but now we get to talk about it so it doesn't happen again. And and I think we have the voices to be able to do that. And I think, you know, as a listener to this podcast, that, that's on your shoulders, too. You need to make your voice known. You need to stand up. You know, we know uh, Norm was standing out protesting (laughs) when President Biden came out, but he wasn't protesting Biden. He was protesting the whole scenario of like, why didn't you let us know what was going on, local officials? Yeah. That's a bunch of crap. It is. You know, all the what you were saying, Norm, made me think of Lord Acton, who's got a ton of quotes. And people know the one that power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts Mm -hmm. absolutely. But he said some other stuff that's always... Uh, and I, I pulled up a few of them, and, and, and one is great men are almost always bad men, even when they exercise influence and not authority. Um, and he also said there is no worse heresy, uh, there is no worse heresy than that the office sanctifies the holder of it. So oh, wow. you know when you when you become like Fauci, when you become uh, when, when when the holder of the office becomes important just because they hold the office, uh, it just it's almost always uh, turns bad at some point. And that go right there leads to why do people run for office? Right. Why are they doing it? Is it for the uh, to hold the office or to do some good by holding the office? And, and that then, should be the question of every candidate. But then what grabs them is yeah. the, the things they have to do and promise to get the office to justify the <laughs> ultimate cause. It's, again, the ends justify the means. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll take money from the opioid people because once I get there, then I can I can turn it off. Ask, ask Kennedy when he took mm-hmm. the mob money. And in uh, one, what was it, Norm, Kentucky or, or West Virginia, I mean. Um, and then all of a sudden, they've got this huge problem where Bobby Kennedy's got, got them, <laughs> got Hoffa uh, uh, on the witness. It's like, it, it's, it's like you, you make a deal with the devil to get there, and now you're in bed with the devil. I don't mm-hmm. care what, you know, there, there is no other way to do it. Power corrupts. Yeah. And uh, that's what happens. So how do we combat that? You know, I, I think to say that you're going to be the candidate, I mean, here's what's even more absurd, to say I'm the one who's going to be immune from it, even though it's 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 afflicted every other political candidate, maybe of all time. And that's every, probably an overstatement. But. but it is. But it is. No, no, because we've allowed it through PACs. And every, I mean, now we have to have websites that, that follow where the money's coming from, from PACs, because sure. it, you know, we have a lot of legislation you, to do this. And even if yeah. even if you didn't, then they're going to take money behind the scenes. It's sure. like, if you think you're the one politician, you think you're the one socialist, you think you're the one dictator that's going to do it right, after thousands and thousands and thousands of years of, of history showing that, that it just can't happen. It's it just think of the arrogance of that. Yeah. Um, I mean, all we can do is ask of a candidate is to do the best that you can in the scenario that you're thrown in. Right. And check your power. Check your power. You've, we've got to check the power. I don't, I trust nobody in government. I say it <laughs> over and over and over. I trust nobody in government, not the guy I voted for, not the guy I voted against. I trust nobody. And that's okay. That's how it should be. Mm-hmm. And now we have, like Norm, you brought up, like people were buying uh, DeWine's uh, dic- dictatorial or authoritarian uh, actions as if he somehow knew better than we knew. Um, that that little, I'm not going to use any names, but like somehow because he's the governor, he knows best. And he's just a man. You know, that, that's it. He's the same as we are. And, 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 and he can read the same books we can read. Right. Some, and, and even to that level of intel. Okay. So, so DeWine says, yes, let's get this land. But it's also driven by the CHIPS Act from the Democrats. Right. Right. So 
it's not a one-party deal here. What's going on? It, it, corruption is is that's a, that's a river that flows oh across both gosh, aisles, right? Yeah, yeah, floods in both aisles. Yeah, no, for sure. So, and, and again, like this is this is what we do here at Common Sense Ohio. Is we call it out both ways because if you think that your Republican candidates are going to be immune from the corruption that also corrupts the Democrat candidates, well, then that's that you're making the same mistake except you just got different blinders on. Um, we, Red versus blue blinders. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, you know, whatever. You got the the 3D glasses on backwards. <laughs> but uh, it, it, the, the point here is that, it, you know, the, our political system only thrives with transparency and check on power. End of story. Yeah, true. Otherwise, it, otherwise it, it can't thrive. Yeah. I wanted to bring this up. Um, uh, this is a little bit old news, but it, it still irks me a little bit. And I want to get your guys' point of view on this, too, that the, the Ohio's 9th congre- Congressional District uh, run between uh, Democratic Repub- uh, Representative Marcy Kaptur and uh, the guy that's going up against her, J.R. Majewski. And his – before I even get into this, I want to say that I am – Pro-veteran. I love veterans. I think we screw them in the long run because of, you know, after they're out, we do nothing to support them. Very little, very little. So with with Jr. you know, making a comment that he saw action, was in action in Afghanistan back in 2002 when he served, but never really did from what the Air Force is saying. The Air Force, which blows my mind, the Air Force doesn't even know where he was most of the time. But he loaded and unloaded planes. Thank you for your service. That you did that. But in his campaign, he's saying he saw action. He was in combat action. And I think that degrades every other veteran that was. And I'm not downplaying what he did while he was there. His service was needed. He did exactly what he needed to do. But I think he's embellishing a little bit. And I think that that taints every other veteran that did see action. Well, it it taints at a minimum his own credibility. Right. And, and, you know, it does does reflect – you know that that kind of puffery. Um, so back to my trial attorney analogy. Yeah. It's like when you exaggerate like that, it doesn't work. Right. It, it doesn't work. It, it you either get exposed or it comes off as uh, disingenuous, and it doesn't work. And you know, I, and, and well, and he stands at the at, at the podium defending himself, and it just he points the finger right back at the audience, going, "How dare you look at my veteran service?" And, you know, impugn it and, 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 you know, downplay it and such. How un-American are you? And so I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, they'll, they'll You're protest the, too loudly. It, yeah. it, oh, my gosh. That press conference was totally that. It was. I'm yeah. thinking, whoa, 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 whoa. You, you, even the Air Force doesn't know where you are, which, again, blows my mind. They know where we are 24-7 in, in, in this country, but they don't know where he was. Yeah, you would think. I mean, and it seems like Biden gets caught with something like this almost every day. And, yeah. and you know, it's like yeah. uh, he said. Yeah, he said the other day that he he had endured a horrible fire and lost. lost <laughs> Turns out it was like a small kitchen fire. You know, it's like these guys. They don't. You don't need to do this. No, just tell the damn truth. Exactly. He served, and we respect that. Right. You don't have to say you saw combat or use when it, you didn't. Use it as a use it as a platform to say, I served. I, I loaded planes. I have the utmost respect for those who had to go. Re-, you know, it's like whatever. Use, use it as a platform yeah, to yeah. Uh, to do to say things that are uh, positive. Right. Because but, he's uh, put the spotlight on himself, not because of that. He was well back in, you know, the uh, 2020, uh, you know, painting his lawn with uh, uh, Trump 2020. And he's done a lot of lawn paintings and such <laughs> like that. So he's he's put the spotlight on himself. And then he's done this. I'm going, dude. You didn't need to do it. You didn't need to do it. Yeah, you didn't need to do it. Yeah, and, and that's guys. It. There's a there's a long tradition of politicians exaggerating or inventing, um, you know, combat action. Uh, you know, probably the biggest, most recent example is Richard Blumenthal, uh, you know, senator, um, U.S. senator who claimed that he, you know, served in Vietnam, but he never even went there. I mean. Mm something pretty easy to check right yeah. and he had to apologize you know for that and um you know really he should have resigned but instead he's still there uh you remember remember when hillary said that she was dodging bullets when she got off the plane and i forget whether it was iraq or wherever yeah. it was yeah you know i mean and and it, you could you could even go all the way back to lbj lbj was on a plane that I think was in a group of planes in the Pacific theater during world war two and some Japanese zero fighters or something came through the formation, shot up a couple of the planes. 
apparently not his, but because he was in that, he wanted an air medal and really petitioned the Pentagon hard to give him a medal so that he could come back and say he's a decorated veteran and all that. So that it's just, you know, and then there's, a, of course, the John Kennedy thing. A lot of people thought that, you know, he really should have been kicked out for PT-109. Uh, what, what was he doing parked in the middle of a, of a lane where the Japanese were steaming through at full speed and he got his boat cut in half? So, you know, he was heroic after the incident, saving people's lives. But there's, there's some people that feel like, you know, his father, Joe, got him excused from, you know, being tossed out of the military for uh, incompetence. Wow. So politics, politics and military service, yeah, they kind of, uh, yeah. yeah, they're 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 bedfellows, yeah. that's for sure. If you have to ask for a medal, then you probably don't deserve it. Right, yeah. Well, and, right. you know, and so goes, I've never heard this story about John Glenn, but it came out today, and it's a, it was a, uh, a spotlight on, uh, you know, the first shot to the moon, stuff like that, with the three guys, and the, and the guys with him really were kind of jealous of John Glenn's record. And I'd never, maybe you guys have heard this story before, but apparently in one combat mission, Glenn was searching for somebody that was down. Couldn't find him, but, you know, was running out of fuel. Did one more pass. I think they may have found the guy, and, you know, they marked it and that sort of thing. But he ran. He, he was so low on fuel, he flew up like 70,000 feet or something like that, ran out of fuel, and glided back in to safety. That's, a, in, That's how smart this dude was and knowing how to do that. Yeah. That's incredible. That he, that he yeah. pushed it to the limit to find this guy that was down and yeah. knew how far up to fly to make it ran home. and to make it home. What's interesting to me is like, that, that's a freaking amazing. It's like, and you don't know that story because he wasn't on the pulpit touting it. Right. And, and you know, it's like, uh, there was a guy named Dick Winters. He, anybody who watched Band of Brothers know, knows who he was. Mm-hmm. But he always, like uh, like his grandson, I guess, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm butchering the story, forgive me, the point will be the same. Like grandson or somebody asked him, like, Grandpa, you know, were you a hero in World War II? He goes, no, but I served in a company of heroes, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's like right. he doesn't, he's not proud, you know, in that way. It, it was just like the job just needed to be done. something you had to do. And, you had and, to do it, right? And, 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 you know, it gives me chills even thinking of that quote because it, 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 it reflects a character that, that goes far beyond anybody who lies about uh, their their her, her, their heroic endeavors or That's exaggerates what their heroic me about endeavors. That. Exactly. That there are some men and women that truly, truly did some great stuff, and they don't talk about it. And they don't talk about it, and they don't have to talk about it. Yeah. It makes them even greater. Right. It makes them even greater yeah. at a level that that these idiots on the pulpit could never comprehend. It's it's jealousy. It is not. It has, it has to be that. Yeah. It's the only thing yeah. it can be. Pump, pump it up because, okay, i got to make it bigger than what I was. You know what? You did what you needed to do at that time in 2002, and that's great. Or any service. If, yeah. you're, if you're unloading and loading Thank planes, you. logistics is the, the backbone of the military. Right. Ask, any, ask, ask anybody yeah. that studies uh, World War II how important the supply chains were. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know. So, but anyway, yeah, that's my rant. So. All right, a couple things going on in yeah. uh, in Ohio. The Roden trial is in full force down there in Pike County. Remember the the one family killed the other. I mean, it, really yeah. the most bl- bloody, gruesome, tragic thing. It got so much national news for a while, and it's sort of just gone un uh, unreported. I mean, it's out there, but it's not getting a whole lot of publicity. But the the trial's going on. There's witnesses testifying, so I'm going to follow that, and we'll talk about the verdict if and when it comes. And then there's more even after that. But uh, uh, the I mean that uh, talk about they'll be making movies about that story. Uh, at some juncture in the future because uh, it is so, I mean, it, it was such a bloody massacre. Mm-hmm. The local corruptness, is that a word? Mm-hmm. Uh, local corrupt involvement. Uh, there, I, I've always said there's no way on the planet that that kind of operation could exist without somebody in law enforcement knowing about it and looking the other way mm-hmm. or being involved in it in some way, shape, or form. So uh, follow the yeah. road and verdict. Hmm. Uh, what else you got for Norm's Nuggets out there, Norm? Well, I, yeah, the rodent thing reminds me of, uh, you know, the Hatfields and McCoys. I mean, it was, it's Ohio's version of that, modern version of that. And uh, I, it, I, what, it, what occurred to me was how secretive uh, uh, the uh, BCI uh, and the governor's office were during that entire thing. I just got the impression that, they, that there was some kind of political corruption or some kind of mis- misfeasance or malfeasance by local law enforcement wrapped up in that 
and I guess maybe we'll find out if that's so. Um, I hope not, but it, it, it seemed like there was something bigger there than, than, you know, and I don't mean to, you know, play down that, that, you know, the lives lost, but something beyond just the murders, uh, you know, and, and I, you know, I'm not fully engaged on that story, but I hope the truth comes out about that. So, yeah. yeah, I talked to one of the lawyers involved a while back and, you know, everybody's pretty tight lipped about it. Rightfully so. I mean, there's gag orders involved and the press has not been uh, privy to a whole lot of information about it. But um, I predicted as soon yeah. as that thing hit the news, I predicted, <clears throat> I think on Lawyer Talk, that uh, that there's got to be local uh, law enforcement corruption because how it's just such a small place that you can't. You can't yeah. you can't exist with that kind of criminal enterprise without somebody getting a whiff of it. You know, everybody talks. Yeah, and everybody. And, knows you everybody. Did, and and you did do a, a Dukes of Hazard reference earlier in the show, Steve, which I you know just about <laughs> killed me. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Well, you can't you can't say <laughs> that anymore. You can't you can't like the Dukes anymore. It's not woke. Yeah. But uh, them, them dad burn them dad burn Duke boys. Uh, uh, I thought this was an interesting item. Uh, a judge up in Cleveland ordered the city of Cleveland to refund income taxes for a doctor that was working remotely during COVID. Um, and I like that story because I'm kind of thinking that there's millions and millions and millions of dollars that other taxpayers would, would probably like to get back. Uh, people that work, you know, like traditionally in a big tower, say in downtown Columbus, that the city of Columbus collected their income taxes when those people weren't even down there. They were working out of their homes in, uh, I don't know, whatever, Gahanna or Reynoldsburg, or, or uh, if they lived in Cincinnati instead of working at the Carew Tower, you know, they were out in Delhi, or this doctor was probably like in Shaker Heights or somewhere and not in Cleveland, and he's working out of his office at home. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he succeeded in getting his income taxes refunded by court order from the city of Cleveland, Ohio. And I got to be thinking that somebody like uh, LeBron James is probably scratching his head, wondering, uh, you know, hey, if I still lived in Cleveland, um, you know, uh, if I'm playing basketball out of town, do I really owe income taxes uh, to Cleveland? Because I've worked, uh, say, in Arizona playing uh, their team or, or, or down in Miami or, you know, wherever he played when he was with uh, the Cavaliers. So this has a lot of interesting implications. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be confined to just the facts in this one case, but it's an interesting precedent. Yeah, you know, this is. It's funny you brought this up because I talked to uh, my accountant Glenn Harper over at Harper Plus uh, CPA, and I, I've asked him if he would like to participate periodically in the show here because these are the kind of issues that come up on uh, on a regular. And I think a lot of the people that listen to this kind of stuff that, that like our content uh, are are small business owners right. are uh, entrepreneurs. And uh, this is the kind of thing you'd be interested in. And, and, but immediately it makes me say, well, a couple things, Norm, just to give that some backdrop. There's this thing, uh, you know, I, I hate her. She's one of my least favorite people in the world. Her name is Rita, which just stands for regional income tax oh, or yes. whatever it is. They are a pain in the ass. So if you, you know, if you work in one place and live in another, you get these, you get these tax bills like Rita, what, right? Huh? What, what the heck yeah. is that? And it, you know, it, it makes me think that if these these uh, politicians running the government um, might be less likely to shut down their cities for political pandemic reasons if they couldn't get their tax money by forcing people out of their downtown offices. You know, it's like this is the kind of stuff that will this is this is a check and balance when the people get screwed and the people use the system. I'm not talking about rioting. I'm talking about using the system legitimately to get some redress for it. When the people get screwed, the government stays in check. You know, they 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 shut everybody down. They forced us into these our, our holes in the ground at home to work from home if you were lucky enough to be able to do that and not make any money in the worst case scenarios. Um, and then they still wanted to get tax from this guy. And I'm not saying he didn't owe his tax or did owe his tax. I'm not going to take a position on it. But the fact is, a judge says now that he didn't, and uh, the city's the city's got a consequence. You know, it's like your kids. You left the. You know, once again, you've left your shoes in the middle of the floor and I've tripped over them. If there's no consequence, they're going to keep doing it. So the, now the, the, the government has been delivered a consequence. You can't get my money, nah, 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 nah. And uh, I dare you to try it again because now, like you said, Norm, we're all wise to it. 
and uh, we're all going to uh, challenge it. Now, I'm not suggesting we go riot and shut down cities, folks. That's not what I'm saying. We have a court system. We have a process. Learn it. Use it. It's not the most efficient. In fact, maybe uh, far from it. But at least it's an option that you can use. We we have the ability, still, knock on wood, to use the structure, use the system, use use what we, the people, have created to get redress for the wrongs of the government. Yeah. And, and well, and at work for home from home, I just saw an article too that I mean, this is a this is reality. We're going to have to really th- rethink about where you're working and who you're owing your taxes to because um, a group representing uh, disabilities, uh, th- th- that workforce is increasing big time because the work from home opportunities are there for them. So the you know these ladies and and, and gentlemen who are in wheelchairs. <coughs> are now finding more work than ever because they can work from home. Yeah. So it, that tax implication right there comes into play. We got to figure this out. It matters. It matters. And it'll you know it it'll it'll happen. I, this is what I tell Jay, the former ex-checker of the show. It's like he's always griping about this and I said, "Dude, the system is slow, but it'll catch up. The justice system is slow, but sooner or later the litigants will catch up. The the process will work. Hopefully it it works fast enough before uh, the authoritarians shut it down. But um it, it it there's always a consequence. It's always right around the corner. So yeah. you can't just uh, you can't just have it both ways uh, as a governmental entity. You can't get your political clout and expect to have everybody just go along with it when you're doing stuff that's not right. So, all right. Um, well, we got about an hour in, Norm. I, I think we're going to cut it off there. Uh, again, this has been Common Sense Ohio. Oh, there is one more thing I said I wanted to share, and I you know I um, I sent this out to you guys. I think it's a great backdrop for the show. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to read the quote before I give the source, but uh, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world. And then I'll finish it rather than on Christ. All right. So uh, that's from Colossians, Colossians, Colossians uh, two chapter eight. And it caught me because, you know, I think what the, what, what, what Paul is saying there is that, uh, you know, there's so many forces, there's so many things that we get hung up on here in the world that, that force us to uh, not use our common sense, to not use uh, our God-given ability to analyze problems and look at them for what they are. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to preach or pound the table here because obviously this, come, this came from the Bible and you can see where I am with that. But I think it's, you know, as I, as I said uh, years ago, even before I, I, I became a Christian, at least the way I am now, I always said, you know, read the Bible because there's so much in there. There's so many lessons in there. There's so many things in there that, that, that describe human existence in such a perfect way that gives us a little bit of understanding of, of what is who, who we are. Um, and you don't have to go so far if you don't want to uh, go full-fledged into Christianity. But I encourage you to read it. And uh, guess what? It just may happen anyway if you do. But um, it, it's a, it, it caught me when I read that the other day. That uh, this is really why we we do, we want Common Sense Ohio. We want to create a platform where we can look at stuff and really try to reason through it with what we know is truth. And uh, we know we know we all have the innate ability to see it. Where that comes from, we can debate later. Um, but we all have the ability to see it. Don't get don't get fooled by the acts of evil men. <laughs> Maybe is the is the is the lesson. Uh, so Norm, now we can hear the the race cars in the background buzzing by, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I'll be jumping in mine uh, early tomorrow morning, uh, going for the checker. Uh, I have two races this weekend, and, um, yeah, I'm going to full throttle, hammer down, going for it. So, um, you know, I, uh, I, I, I like the field of combat. I like uh, embracing the challenge. Um, I like what it does for my character. Uh, trying to be excellent at something uh, and and bringing my best game. So I think that's um, <clears throat> I think that's important for all of us uh, in our own ways. Whether it's writing a legal brief or whether it's uh, doing some other activity that we all you know we all have our own little spheres that that we try to do things um, and um, and be great at it. And uh, you know my dad had an expression. He says, you're aiming somewhere, you know, it, it takes very little extra energy to aim high rather than just, you know, aim low, you know, because you're, you're going to go somewhere. You might as well aim high. You might as well do your best 
you might as well go for it. So that's my philosophy. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm honoring my father and my mother and, um, and trying to do my best at everything I do, whether it's sweeping the garage or whether it's out on the racetrack, uh, trying to compete for uh, the checkered flag. So, Well, awesome. Good luck out there. Don't cheat. Yeah. Okay. Yep, I won't. All right, he won't. He won't. All right. So, all right. So, this has been another uh, episode of Lawyer Talk slash Common Sense Ohio. We again, we're running in parallel for a while here until everybody gets the gist of what's happening, and uh, there'll be some big announcements on web pages. It's in the development. We've got great marketing folks working with us uh, all the way down in Florida. We're going to call that Common Sense Florida soon enough. Probably this thing will take off to every state. I promise. uh, Sort of. Uh, Anyway, the the idea here is we're going to take. Common sense, go look at what's going on in Ohio. Use as a leaping off point because Ohio is right in the middle. And so is our podcast, Common Sense Ohio. If you have questions, you have concerns, you don't like what we said, you disagree with this, that, or the other, or maybe if you do just agree, go uh, for now to lawyertalk.com podcast. You can submit your comments there. Uh, I've always got my uh, other podcast going, so tune in. You're not going to lose any of that content. Uh, I'm going to keep delivering it as much as I conceivably can. And as Norm, I will do the best I can to get it to you uh, with the most efficiency. So uh, with that, we are Common Sense Ohio until now.